0: Hey guys, I'm Monica Crowley, and this is the Monica Crowley Podcast. Thanks so much for joining me here on this Wednesday. It is hump day. We're halfway through, and this is your go-to for hot liberty, a safe space for all of us thought criminals, independent thinkers, and yes, happy warriors. Please join me on social media. On Instagram, I am at Monica Crowley underscore, and on Twitter and true social, I am at Monica Crowley You can also send me an email about this show. Our email address is monicacrowleypodcast at gmail.com. Again, that's monicacrowleypodcast at gmail.com. I read them all. I see them all. So let me know what's on your mind. All right. I also want to flag for you that about a week or so ago, I joined Tucker Carlson for Tucker Carlson Today, which is his streaming show on Fox Nation. We had a brilliant, fascinating, fun conversation for a full hour about my very first job, which, as so many of you know, was with former President Richard Nixon during the last years of his life. And we really took it apart. We peeled off the layers of the onion and really got to some incredibly important points, not just about my life and career, uh, which also I find incredibly fascinating, but also uh, about The enemies that went after President Nixon are the same enemies going after Donald Trump and the rest of us today. So what happened to Richard Nixon uh, 50 years ago echoes through to the experience that we are going through in America today. We've got a huge deep state problem. It is the biggest threat that we face uh, in America today, the weaponization of our own government against us. And in many ways, the first casualty of that was President Nixon. So if you don't already have Fox Nation, please check it out. It went up live today uh, at Fox Nation. So that's Fox's streaming service. The entire interview is up there. Please go check it out. It was an amazing time with my good and longtime friend, Tucker Carlson. So... Turning our attention back to this show on Friday, we've got a really big show coming up. We're going to be joined by my great pal Larry Kudlow, who was President Trump's chief economic advisor. He will be here with a brutally honest assessment of where the Biden economy is and where it is going if Donald Trump is reelected, Larry may very well be Treasury Secretary. So you're going to want to tune in on Friday to get it right from the horse's mouth. Everything that is going on in the Biden economy right now is going to get worse, and you need to know how it's going to affect you. So Larry will join us here on Friday. Today, I want to deal with the ongoing catastrophe at the border Including an important and very scary update on the terrorism angle that I brought to you on Monday. If you have not yet heard Monday's show, please go listen to it. It's one of the most important shows I think that I've done on this podcast, talking about putting together the aspects of the wide open border along with the collapse in Afghanistan and the rise of terrorist groups uh, coming back because we've got an incredibly weak American president. So on Monday, I put together all of the puzzle pieces to talk about the potential, in fact, the likelihood of a catastrophic terrorist attack. And I said, frankly, I am stunned that we haven't yet been hit with a major attack, but I am convinced that it is coming because all of the pieces are in play. And it's just going to be a logical outcome from having a weak commander-in-chief, a collapse in Afghanistan, a, a withdrawal of American power a perception of American weakness, all combined with a wide open border. So I've got a very frightening update for you on that. So you might want to sit down for that. That's coming up later in the show. Plus, we are going to lighten it up a little bit today because otherwise we'd go bananas. We're going to lighten it up with the hilarious Sid Rosenberg. He is the legendary radio announcer and sports guy, now on 77 WABC in New York. And he's got a fun new book out called Sid is sins. For Sid Rosenberg, Sid is sins united. So don't miss it. It's going to be really fun. But first, the Monica memo. On Monday this week, uh, Queen Elizabeth II was laid to rest. And I made the point that she was the connective tissue across generations She was the symbol of the greatest generation, which is now rapidly passing from the scene. These people from the greatest generation who survived and got us through the Great Depression and then survived and got us through World War II, and in many cases didn't survive either one of those catastrophic events, but were really responsible for bringing the United States and, frankly, the West through maybe its darkest chapter And getting us to a place where, certainly in the United States, we were poised for superpower status at the close of World War II. And then once World War II was over, the greatest generation came back home to America after fighting abroad and really brought a tremendous economic boom to the United States. So after World War II, we were really an economic superpower as well as a political and geopolitical superpower, and it was largely due to the efforts of the greatest generation. They are all now rapidly passing away. Nobody can live forever, although Silicon Valley is certainly working on that. But as of now, nobody can live forever, and they are well into their 90s now, and even their hundreds, and they're rapidly leaving us. So the death of Queen Elizabeth really was a true passing of the scene. But I want to mention a bigger point here. Queen Elizabeth II was also a great unifying figure, which is what we are missing today. Someone to unify a nation or a people. But the reason she was unifying is because she was apolitical. She wasn't political at all. She didn't take a side. And really, when you're the monarch, you're, you're not supposed to. We'll see what Charles does, but you're not supposed to. Protocol and and for a whole variety of reasons. Again, you were supposed to be the unifying character for your country. So she didn't take a side on political issues. If she had an opinion, she kept it to herself, as was required by her role, and so, therefore, the queen was non-controversial. She wasn't a bomb thrower. She wasn't Trump or Bernie Sanders, right? She had a different role to play, and she played it with great grace. She never took it for granted. She realized the responsibility, and she also understood it was a very unique and rare position to be above the fray, which is what the monarch is supposed to be. And she did it, she did it in, a, in an extraordinary way. Well, I've heard a couple of people since her funeral talk about how we need a unifying figure like that here in the United States. And people say, well, wouldn't it be great to have a president who could bring us all together? Well, yeah, I mean, ideally, sure, But I can't think of a... I mean, there have been moments in American history where we have had that because we have been faced with tremendous threats or up against tremendous odds. So obviously, George Washington, Abraham Lincoln, at least on the Union side, but that was like the quintessential division of the country, the Civil War, right? And Lincoln had a lot of enemies. My God, he was assassinated for it. Um, and then you, you move ahead and you've got the Great Depression, World War II, the country coming together under FDR. You've had moments like 9-11 where the country temporarily came together because of an external threat, or in the case of the Civil War, on the Union side coming together because of an existential threat for the country from within. So we've had these moments where we've looked to a president or look to our leaders, maybe after JFK was assassinated, people look to LBJ, at least temporarily, bring the country together. When you've had these events, the people come together, but those those moments are relatively fleeting, right? So the Great Depression, World War II, that was a period of, what, 13 years or so, where the country really was operating as a single force geared toward a single mission, because we had this, these big external problems that we all need to ha- come together to deal with. But those are few and far between. Even the founding fathers fought amongst each other. And from, from George Washington on, every American president has been criticized and attacked, and rightfully so. Rightfully so, because we have a First Amendment where we can express our opinions. But this desire, this human desire, which is completely understandable, but this human desire for a unifying leader to bring us all together is pie in the sky thinking, particularly right now. So all of this conversation after the queen about, well, wouldn't it be great if we had a figure like that who could join us all together? Well, first of all, we don't have a monarch, so there's that. A president is supposed to represent all of the people, but we certainly don't have that right now. And we also have a culture where everything is political. There's no unifying anything going on. And we've got one whole political party That not only doesn't want us to unify, but is bent on creating as many divisions and as deep as possible in order to keep us separated. So it's all about division and fear and hate, which is what the other side is sowing. They are bent on our destruction. They don't want to unify with us. They're not interested in joining together and holding our hands and singing kumbaya with us. Just witness Biden's recent speech calling all of us enemies of the state. They are so far gone on the other side, there is no unifying with them. We also spoke on Monday about the historic catastrophe at the border. Five million illegals have come across the border or into the country in other ways since Biden has become president. We've had another approximate million Godaways who have just melted into the country, no interaction with Border Patrol at all. We also have tens of thousands of unaccompanied minors coming into the country. So we spoke about the economic strain on our resources from all of this. We talked about the humanitarian crisis of countless people dying. We've also talked about the resulting crime spree, murder, rape, human trafficking, drug smuggling, child predation, extortion, every crime imaginable happening because of the influx of 5 million illegal immigrants just in the last year and a half plus. Biden and the Democrat communists are allowing all of this to happen to our country on purpose. They are deliberately destroying the country And they do not care about how many of us die in the process. You cannot unify with people like this. You cannot third way your way out of it or compromise with people who are that morally depraved and frankly evil. There is no unifying with them, period. When we come back, I want to talk about a particular evil that they are allowing into the country, which is fentanyl. We haven't discussed it much on this show, but I want to get into it today. Plus, I've got an update about the terrorism angle I brought to you on Monday. That is coming straight up. Quick break. Do not go anywhere. Okay, everybody, listen up. We all want to be healthier, right? Well, to get there, we have to have a healthier diet, which is not always easy to do. I can attest to that. You know, that shredded lettuce in a double-double and the fruit filling in a donut are amazing, but they do not count toward the recommended five servings of fruits and vegetables a day. Sorry to be the one to break it to you, but they don't. I don't always eat healthy either, but I will share that the Mayo Clinic says if you want to help prevent heart disease, lower blood pressure, and cholesterol, eat five servings of fruits and vegetables every day. I don't, and you probably won't. That's why I take Field of Greens. Unlike other supplements, each fruit and each vegetable in Field of Greens was medically selected by doctors to support your vital organs, like the heart, lungs, kidneys, and the immune system. and take Field of Greens. Let me get you started with 15% off your first order. Visit fieldofgreens.com and use promo code MONICA. That's promo code MONICA at fieldofgreens.com, fieldofgreens.com. Okay, guys, welcome back. Again, there is no unification to be had There is no third way with these people. There is no compromise. We are so far past all of that that you can forget it. So it's a nice idealistic notion, never going to happen. All right, we've been talking about the border, and I want to bring to you uh, the latest stats on a particular evil that is coming into the country on purpose deliberately allowed into the country by the Biden administration. According to newly released data from Customs and Border Protection, enough fentanyl was seized at the border last month in August for more than 600 million lethal doses. You hear that? 600 million lethal doses. So the amount of fentanyl that came into the country just in one month, August could kill 600 million people. Now, in America, we've got, what, 320 million? So this is enough lethal doses to kill twice the U.S. population just in one month. Experts warn that this number indicates that much more was smuggled in undetected. Yeah, keep in mind that this is just what was apprehended So you can imagine the amount of fentanyl that is washing all over our country. Dr. Joshua Sharfstein of Johns Hopkins Bloomberg School of Public Health, quote, if they're seizing a lot, it's because a lot is coming in. Yes. Retired Drug Enforcement Administration official, Kyle Williamson, who has more than 30 years of experience on drug smuggling at the border, quote, it's the worst it's ever been. There's no good news here, and the amount of methamphetamine and fentanyl coming in right now is unprecedented. CBS News' Janet Chamalian, quote, drugs coming across the border here are fueling an unprecedented epidemic across the country, the toll of which can be counted in the skyrocketing number of overdose deaths. As agents say, the cartels use a flood of migrants to move a river of drugs. Sheriffs all across the country, including in Virginia, West Virginia, Ohio, Maryland, Massachusetts, Colorado, New Hampshire, all over America are seeing a surge in fentanyl pills linked to border smuggling. Guys, this crisis is so severe. Fentanyl-driven overdose fatalities are now the leading cause of death for people aged 18 to 45. Leading cause of death. This is catastrophic. According to Biden's DEA administrator, Ann Milgram, Mexican cartels are, quote, killing Americans with fentanyl at catastrophic and record rates like we've never seen before. That's Biden's own DEA head, guys. Why doesn't she just talk to him? She has the right to go into the Oval Office, make an appointment with the president, her boss, and go and tell him to enforce the border. But no, she's all over television uh, clutching her pearls about what's going on in terms of the drug smuggling. Well, go to your boss and tell him why. They all know why, but I'm making a rhetorical point because of course she won't. They all do as they're told, and they're all on board with the Transform America agenda. No one in the Democrat Communist Party ever strays off the reservation, ever. And if they do, they get put right back in line. They're disciplined, and they know to never step out of line again. So Biden's DEA chief can talk all day long about the massive amounts of fentanyl pouring into the country. But she won't do anything about it, and she won't go to the president about it, and he certainly won't do anything about it. Look, if he wanted to, they would have done it already, right? So again, all of this is by design, and it's all deliberate. Joe Biden and Kamala Harris, who is supposedly in charge of the border, are deliberately allowing this carnage. And Senate Democrats are doing their part, too. They are blocking one border security measure after another, and they've done it from the beginning since Biden came in. Guys, all of this is being done on purpose, and I know it's very hard for the American mind to process this, okay, because it's hard to think that your president and his party – are deliberately trying to kill you, but there is no other rational explanation for this. Enough is enough, guys. America needs a secure border, and we're never going to get one with the Democrat communists in power. That's another reason why the November elections are so important. Meanwhile, this is a mega national security threat. Mega. Our number one enemy, the CCP, China, China, is behind so much of this with a serious assist from the Mexican drug cartels. They all want us dead, and so they're all working hand in glove together. This week, Texas Representative Brian Babin warned that communist China and the Mexican drug cartels are waging, quote, chemical warfare on the United States. And there should be some real accountability for both, obviously. Their weapon of choice is fentanyl. The precursor chemicals are made in China, being overseen by the CCP. Fentanyl is so powerful, guys, that even a tiny quantity consumed unwittingly can kill you. The CCP uses the narco-terrorist gangs along the border that are controlling the border to bring it into the country killing over 100,000 Americans every single year with these fentanyl overdoses. China has repeatedly promised to stop all of this, something that it could easily do given the CCP's total control and Orwellian surveillance state. Of course, they could just flip a switch and stop it, but they haven't. And now there are reports that fentanyl-laced candy is headed our way because they're trying to target our children. It's all about putting our kids in grave danger and ultimately killing them. So guys, uh, listen, I know this is hard to take, but you got to know the truth. Between the virus and the export of fentanyl and other things, they are literally killing us. This is chemical warfare. The way the virus was biological warfare. And all of this new form of warfare is a lot quicker and easier than flying planes into buildings. But the goal is the same. Kill as many Americans as possible. The Chinese communists are at war with the United States, and it is a kinetic war. We think of war as tanks rolling across the plains of Central Europe. This is the new way of war digital war, of course, but this is it. It's chemical warfare that, that goes sort of under the radar because it's disguised as drugs, or it's biological warfare that goes under the radar because, oh, it's a, it's a virus that escaped from the Wuhan lab and is affecting everybody. Whoops. No, these are acts of war, guys. And we have a commander-in-chief who will never deal with this in any kind of effective way because he is completely compromised by the CCP. He and his family have taken well over $10 million from Chinese entities. He is deeply in bed with China. So no, he will not be fighting this war. On Monday's show... I also gave you critical information on the terror threat at the border, which very few, if anybody, is talking about. Well, it's gotten worse even since the start of this week when we brought you that report. There were 10 individuals on the terrorist watch list who were caught crossing the border in July. Yesterday, Fox News broke the story that in August alone, 12 suspected terrorists were caught. Twelve. The problem is getting worse And obviously, Biden has no intention of putting a stop to it. In fact, he's doubling down on encouraging it. According to Fox, Border Patrol stopped a dozen individuals whose names are on the FBI's terrorist screening database just in August, bringing the total for the fiscal year to a number that is triple the previous five fiscal years combined as agents deal with a tsunami of illegals at the border. New data released by CBP this week showed that there were 12 individuals encountered by Border Patrol between ports of entry at the border whose names matched on the terrorist watch list, which contains information about the identities of those who are known or reasonably suspected of being involved in terrorist activities. Guys, listen to this. August's apprehensions bring the total for fiscal year 2022 to 78 so far, with two months to go still in the fiscal year. Again, that is triple the prior five years combined. There were two arrests in fiscal 17, six arrests in fiscal 18, zero arrests in fiscal 19, three in fiscal 2020, and 15 in fiscal year 2021. So while that's just a small percentage of the hundreds of thousands of illegals who hit the border every single month, and it shows those who have been successfully caught by Border Patrol, thank God for them, right? It also does not include those who may have been among the over 500,000 illegals who slipped past border patrol agents into the country, the gotaways, just this fiscal year. So during the Trump years, when we had a strong American president and a secure border, you'd get maybe one or two suspected terrorists coming across, Once Biden comes in with his big bag of weakness and his wide open border, you get dozens and dozens of suspected terrorists coming into the country. Of course you do. So between China, the Mexican drug cartels, and the potential terrorists coming into the country, the national security threat cannot be overstated. This is supremely dangerous, guys. We will get hit. And everyone will wring their hands about how it could happen. This is it. This is how it happens. You can see a catastrophic attack coming down the track. And it's not only not being stopped, it's being encouraged. Ask yourself why. We know why. All right. On the other side of the break, we're going to talk to the great Sid Rosenberg, who is absolutely hilarious. He's got a new book out called Citizens United. Very funny guy. So we're going to lighten it up a little bit because we have to, otherwise we'll lose our minds. But first guys, listen up. The savviest Americans diversify their savings to protect them from downturns in the market, from global instability and from a falling dollar. Do you? Birch Gold Group can help you hold gold and silver in a tax-sheltered retirement account. In fact, if you've got a 401k or IRA that's underperforming, just text MONICA to 989-898 and you can convert that into an IRA in precious metals right now. The last time we went through a recession, there were stocks that literally went to zero. So why not own something that has never been valued at zero? Gold. Gold. Historically, your best hedge against inflation, which is rising like a hockey stick as we speak. Text MONICA to nine eight nine eight nine eight and Birch Gold Group will send you a free info kit on diversifying into gold tax-free. Hedge against inflation and protect your hard-earned money. Get your free info kit right now by texting MONICA to 989-898. Do it today. We'll be right back. Okay, well, I can't tell you how happy I am to welcome my longtime friend, Sid Rosenberg. Sid is, of course, a legend in radio broadcasting. He is currently the co-host of Bernie and Sid in the Morning on 77 WABC in New York City. He's also the author of the brand new book, Citizens, S-I-D, I-Z-E-N-S, Citizens United, one of the best titles of all time. Subtitle is Salacious Spiels, Stories, Suggestions, and Solutions to Withstand a Woke World. And Sid joins me now. Hey, Sid.
1: So this is now twice today. You were uh, great on my radio show in New York this morning. Now I get to be on your show. This is it's a banner day, twice, Monica and Sid.
0: Well, it's a banner day for me, too. I always love joining you and Bernie on 77 WABC on your hot morning show. Guys, even if you don't listen or you don't live in New York City, you can still listen to Bernie and Sid in the morning. Just go to 77 WABC, to the website, to the app, and you can hear the guys all morning, five days a week. They are just the best. And I always love joining you, Sid. All right. Well, congratulations on this brand new book. Again, it's called Citizens, SID. D citizens United. It's really fun. It's because you're fun, but it's also really smart because you're smart and really funny because you're funny. Why did you want to do a book right now?
1: Because I'm, you just said, it, you know, the, the show me and Bernie uh, is number one right now in New York. I think for fans that don't know about us, my partner has been uh, very sick. He has missed now uh, eight consecutive weeks. He has missed a lot of time over the last seven months, to be honest. Um, and I'm not sure if and when he'll be back. So now the onus has kind of fallen on me to keep this machine, which we built together, and I give Bernie a ton of credit, to keep this machine running, which we have been doing. We come up with a great month of ratings in August. So the radio show is hot. I just started this uh, little acting career. In fact, later on this afternoon, I've got an audition for Law & Order on NBC. So I figured now's the time to do it. And really the... The impetus behind it, Monica, was I was very close with my dad, very close. And um, he died two summers ago. Not over not even close. And a publisher called me, and a big one at that, Post Hill Press, Simon & Schuster. And they said, Sid, it's been 12 years since you've written your last book. You're red hot right now. What do you think? I said, said, in fact, I was just thinking about that. I want to write a book about me and my dad. Monica, you may remember my friend, uh, Tim Russert. He was the moderator of Meet the Press. sure. Tim was very close with his father. His father died. He wrote a very successful book called Big Russ. And I told these guys "said in the spirit of Russell and his father, I want to do a book on my late father, Harvey, and our great memories. And they said, we love it. But I said, but what? They said, Sid, you're Sid Rosenberg. You're number one mornings in New York. On any given time, you can be talking about Donald Trump, Eric Adams, Bill Sims, the New York Giants, the Real Housewives of New Jersey. Why limit yourself to just you and your dad. We want you and your dad, but we want all of that stuff as well. So they talked me into it. They uh, give me a bigger advance. (laughs) (laughs) Good. uh, And hence, here you have Citizens United. So it was a congruence of events, The show doing well, me catching some fire here in New York, losing my dad, and it all came together.
0: Well, you know, things do happen like that for a reason, Sid. I mean, I believe it's God's hand. God is never late. He's always right on time. And so you probably were not motivated to write a book like this while you still had your dad, but that was the precipitating event. And I'm sorry for your loss and your family's loss. Um, But, you know, it did motivate you to write an extraordinary book. And guys, you know, if you live outside New York, York and you're not familiar with Sid, Sid is New York City personified, but all the good stuff, but none of the bad stuff, okay? None of the crime, none of the communists, none of the bad uh, district attorneys letting violent criminals out. Sid is all the good of New York. He's unfiltered. He's Hysterically funny. He's biting, he's fast, he's blunt, and that's exactly what this book is. So let's get into it, Sid. You, you know, you cover a ton of stuff in this book. You get all kinds of tales about fame, sports, your big sports guy, your big fitness buff. People should go check out your photo, too. You're one he- very handsome hunk of a man. Uh, but you work at it, I know, every day. So you write about all this stuff plus politics. It really is like a, a, a like a booyah base, if you will, <laughs> of really fantastic subjects.
1: Yeah, I wanted the book, Monica, to mirror the radio show. And uh, even when Bernie is there, I've got ADD to the nth degree. So we could be discussing Donald Trump and all of a sudden I decide, okay did you see the voice last night did you hear what blake shelton said that's my personality i wanted the book to mirror that so yes there's very serious political discussions inside the book talking about the return of donald trump in 2024 talking about january 6th talking about what's happened here in new york city between bill de blasio and eric adams how it's completely fallen apart and the state as well with Andrew Cuomo and Kathy Hochul. So lots of serious political discussions. But then again, like you're talking about, then there's a chapter on Tom Brady. I'm a New York football Giants fan, and I've watched football for the better part of 55 years, and I've never seen anything like Tom Brady. By the way, the Buccaneers are 2-0 and this year, and Tom Brady is 45 years old. Uh, and I've seen some great quarterbacks, right? Johnny Unitas, Dan Marino, Roger Staubach, Joe Montana. Doesn't matter at this point. Brady has distinguished himself as the best, not just quarterback, but best football player in the history of the league, even with his most recent fights with his supermodel wife, Giselle Bungeon. So all that type of stuff is in the book. It moves very quickly from topic to topic, like my radio show, which is also very similar, I I would say, Monica, to shows like Don Imus, Howard Stern. Those are the guys I grew up on. Those are the guys I worked with. And now there's no question their influence has worn off on me.
0: Yes. And anybody listening to you can tell whether it's here or on your radio show, because it's it's like a very smart stream of consciousness presentation. And that's what comes across in the book too. Let's get into some of it. First of all, you mentioned Tom Brady. I just have to say, I mean, you're, you're like the only person that I can talk to about this. And now our whole audience will hear. I, I'm a Brady fan. I do believe he is the GOAT. I agree with you on that. Um, I do see Giselle's point of view on this, where she gave up her hugely lucrative modeling career. She was a superstar, but she made a choice. She wanted children. They had that agreement to have children, and she would stay home and raise those kids, which is the world's number one most important and most difficult job. It's not on the gridiron. It's It's at home. So she made that decision, and I have all respect for that. I also see her point of view where she said, uh, we had a deal that last season was going to be your last season. You're 45. This is a violent sport. I don't want you like critically injured because you pushed it one more year. On the other hand, I see his point of view said, which is lady, I'm the goat. Okay. And if I want to squeeze out one more year in the NFL, can you just let me have it? So Ultimately, I side with him on this. And again, I understand where she's coming from, all respect. But I do think if you're the GOAT, you know, you're not some rando NFL player. If you're the GOAT, you deserve to try to work out one more year if you can.
1: You out really well, though, when you said I agree with both of them. Because I do, too. I see Giselle's point at the risk of not sounding misogynistic here or chauvinistic. The man who's making the bigger money. I know she made... A lot of money during her career modeling. She didn't make any Tom Brady money. Okay. Let's, let's, let's right there. Uh, this guy's made like a billion dollars. So, yes, uh, he is the GOAT. He is um, the greatest, not just quarterback, but as we talked about, the greatest football player of all time. Uh, thank God for him. He has not suffered any real massive injury. Tore up his knee about seven years ago. Came right back and won the Super Bowl not long after that. And he wanted to give it one more shot. Uh, Look, again, I get it where she's coming from. He made a promise he would quit. But I think she has to understand, Monica, that athletes are like this all the time. You know, guys retire. Brett Vaughn retired every year and played every year. It was kind of odd, right? He's retired. He's still playing. Uh, That's what guys do. That's all they know. Since he's a boy in high school to playing quarterback at the University of Michigan to being drafted by the Patriots, Playing football on Sundays is all Tom Brady really knows, right? He's got he's got the diet, he's got the movie star base. And folks, don't forget, he's got a $400 million contract waiting for him to televise these games as an analyst on Fox. Yes. It's all said and done. He's already all set, but all he knows is football. This is what this guy does. So they're both right, but in the end... He's going to win this argument.
0: Yes, I agree. I mean, he's already playing and he's doing an amazing job at 45. I mean, it's just, he's he's a miracle on the field. All right, let's talk about another subject that you do write about in Citizens United, said Rosenberg, and this is Donald Trump. Now, I remember going on with you on the radio in 2015, and I was like the first public person to come out in support of Donald Trump right after he came down the escalator. I was on with Bill O'Reilly and others. And I said, stop laughing. Do not underestimate him. He's going to pull the whole thing off. And I was proven right. I think he's probably going to run again. I think he's got another extraordinary shot at this, although the situation is obviously different. But I remember going on with you, Sid, and you were like, ah, Donald Trump, come on, man. No way. No way. So now you are a supporter. Tell us about that journey, that political journey to being a Trump supporter.
1: You can absolutely uh, confirm that Monica said what she just said. She was a Trump person, supporter way back when. And you did say that. So did my partner, Bernie McGurk. He's also been very enthusiastic about Donald Trump dating back to 2015 as well. And him and I had these long, brutal fights on air on WABC in New York through all of 2016 because he was a Trump enthusiast and I wasn't. In fact, I voted for Hillary Clinton. And it was really very simple. I didn't like Hillary Clinton. I knew she'd be an extension of Barack Obama. And I really didn't like Barack Obama. Elegant guy, eloquent, one of the most feckless leaders in the history of our country. The economy moved at a snail's pace. He was making side deals, allowing uh, the Palestinians to overrun the Israelis. He was just not a very good guy. That's my opinion. And I knew, again, Hillary was going to be an extension. But at least I knew where they were coming from, this guy. This guy comes off TV, and what is he doing? He's going to build a wall. He's going to wear a stupid hat. He's going to start nicknaming everybody: Low Energy Monica can't <laughs> Sid. I mean, I mean, we were getting bombed every other week. There was a terrorist attack in Paris. The next week, Brussels. The next week, California. And this guy was going to come in and save us. So, as bad as it looked for Hillary Clinton, I still thought she'd be the better of the two. But here's Robert Nidal. Most people who voted for Donald Trump never left him. Most people who voted against Donald Trump hated his guts. When he won Monica, I was in Washington, D.C., of all places that morning, believe it or not. My beautiful wife, Danielle, was being sworn into the Supreme Court. And I called into Bernie and Jill at the time uh, to co-host a morning show from D.C., from WML. And they were like, huh, now what? I said, let me tell you what. My son, Gabriel, was a, a little boy my daughter Ava now going to college, wasn't even a teenager. And I said, you know what? I want this guy to succeed. I'm an American. I've got two young kids. I need my country to be healthy. So I didn't like them. I didn't vote for them, but starting today, He's my guy. Let's go with Donald Trump. They were surprised. Bernie and Jill, I was so adult about it. Maybe they were even disappointed because I stopped fighting. And then it took me about 90 days, Monica, about 90, to come to the crashing realization that outside of Ronald Reagan, who did serve two terms, there has not been a better president in my lifetime, and I'll be 56, if if God is good to me, in April, than Donald Trump. So it went from, I can't stand him. I didn't vote for him. Okay, let's see what he can do to right now. Him and Wagan, the two best in my lifetime.
0: Yeah. And belongs on uh, Mount Rushmore while we're at it. Um, No, really, he was an extraordinary president. And you know what? The other side, which is waging war against this country 24 hours a day, seven days a week, did not give the man five minutes to govern. They were constantly at him, Russia hoax, two fake in, impeachments, January 6th, now the stupid document thing. Now the New York attorney general coming after him, suing him in a civil suit because she's got no criminal case. I mean, it just is never ending. Why? Because he is an existential threat to all of them, Sid. We have never seen anything like this before.
1: There's no question. And, you know, I was uh, doing an event just about two weeks ago with his son, Donald Trump Jr. and Kimberly Guilfoyle. And uh, for Lee Zeldin, who's was running for governor here in New York, and both of them got up on stage. And after they praised Lee Zeldin and, and tore apart Kathy Hochul, they said, listen, we want to save our state, New York, Monica, in 2022. How do you do that? You vote for Lee Zeldin. Ben, in 2024, we want to save our country. How do you do that? You vote for my father, or in Kimberly's case, for Don Jr.'s father. And they have made it very, very clear that with all the hoaxes, like you said, Russia, the phone call back and forth with Zelensky, the nonsense impeachment, January 6th, the Mar-a-Lago raid, you mentioned Tish James here in New York, it does not matter. He does not care. Nothing is going to stop this man from running. It's not, is he going to run? He is 1000% going to run. He'll announce it sometime after the midterms. Nothing is going to stop him. And he wants to win now more than ever. And we need him now more than ever.
0: You know, your your opinions on Trump are really remarkable, Sid, and also the stones that it takes to come out with this kind of passion for Trump, given what we're facing, right? I mean, listen, I took slings and arrows from day one. Crowley, you're crazy. I mean, O'Reilly, miss all of these guys. Crowley, you're insane going for Donald Trump. I was like, well, just watch. And you know, you mentioned Tish James and the development today with the New York Attorney General suing him. Again, she has no criminal case, so she's going after in a civil way. It's all harassment. But you know what, Sid? It is about Donald Trump, but it's really about something much bigger. It's about you and me, because what we're experiencing right now is the complete weaponization of our own government against us. We have never experienced that before. And that is the most dangerous threat that we face.
1: And now it's the government. And for years and years, it was the media. I mean, the one thing you have to say about Donald Trump is Maybe what he did best, Monica, besides the economy and all those good things, Israel, uh, before, of course, COVID hit, he did a tremendous job exposing this media. See, when I was growing up and I had Peter Jennings and Tom Brokaw and Dan Rather, I knew where they were coming from, but they didn't shove it in my face. Not like it is now, people like David Muir, Lester Holt, Nora O'Donnell, Savannah Guthrie. I mean, these are terrible people. Even my friend Chuck Todd, he has completely he's gone. I've lost him. And what Trump did was really show that the media is against him. The media is against anything patriotic, anything American. He did it. He continues to fight the media now, six years later. On any given morning while I'm doing my radio show, I look over at the television screen to my left, Monica. CNN is doing a story about Donald Trump. MSNBC is doing a story about Donald Trump. New York Morning is doing a story about Donald Trump. Folks, folks, he's not the president. Joe Biden is the president. You could be doing stories all day on what an inept president administration we've got right now, but they can't do it. Donald Trump was the story in 2015. Donald Trump remains the story in 2022. But now we're on to all of them. He exposed the media. We're all a lot smarter because of that.
0: Yep. And he also exposed the depth of corruption in our own government, DOJ, FBI, IRS. I mean, across the board, just amazing. Um, Sid, before we let you go, and again, we're talking to Sid Rosenberg, my good friend from 77 WABC. He's the co-host of Bernie and Sid in the Morning on that radio station. If you don't live in New York, you can still get it stream on your phone, your laptop, wherever. So please go check it out. His new book is Citizens, S-I-D, Citizens United. Um, You know, you do get personal in this book as well. Sid, you've got a gorgeous wife and a beautiful family, but you do talk about your journey there to marriage and fatherhood and sort of the school of hard knocks and learning your lesson about how to be a good husband and dad
1: and there's no playbook for that right i mean the one thing about tom brady is he's got talent but they draw up the plays you know uh we don't have a playbook for that and and you know one day you're just kind of a kid and she said they brooklyn doing your thing and the next day you've got real life responsibilities took me a very 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 long time to uh realize that and be do a good job with it I mean, i you know, I um, I knew I was married. I love my wife, Danielle. We're married for 30 years, forever. I love my children. Ava's 18 years old on her way to Wales to go to college. My son, Gaby, will be 14 years old. Uh, there's never been a day where I didn't thank God for the both of them. But you're loving your children and your wife, and actually being a good father and a good husband are two entirely different things. I just didn't know how to do it, you know. I was out there and I became kind of famous at WFAN in New York back in the early 2000s. At the time, I was still, you know, had some addiction issues, which were made very easy for me in New York City when you become a little bit of a quasi-radio star. So I love my family, but I just couldn't figure out how to be that guy. And I think now, thank God, at the age of 55 years old, going through all the trials and tribulations, rehab stays, jail stays, embarrassing moments, not just for me, but my wife and my children. I think I've come to the realization that um, this is who I am now. Uh, This is the guy I've always wanted to be. I couldn't find that guy. I kept trying, Monica. Maybe I was looking in the wrong places. But I'm that guy right now. I'm proud of where I've come uh, during my journey. I'm certainly thankful to people who love me, like my wife, my children, and my job, great friends like you. It wasn't easy. But if Sid Rosenberg can sit here today today. And boasts being number one on radio, being movies and television, as in second book out, even did a magazine cover this year. And most importantly, has regained, if not gained, the respect of so many influential people across this country. And that's a tale for everybody to listen to. That means anybody can do it. So don't quit. Like Jim Balbano once said, he passed away from cancer. Don't quit. Live every day like it's your last and try every day to be the best person, men or woman, you can be.
0: Here's one of the, well, two of the big reasons why I love you in this book, Sid, because first of all, you are the American dream. You know, come, coming out of nowhere and just boom as a self made person, self made man uh, with great success, but through hard work and sheer determination. So, you are the American dream. That's number one. And number two, what comes across in this book is what you just described, which is you are a great redemption story. You know, everybody has their trials. No person on the face of the earth has ever been perfect except for Jesus Christ. And the fact that you've been able to write your story with such honesty and And talk about how your family, you know, you went through these tough patches, but came through it with faith and family and come out on the other side just stronger than ever. It really is a story of great strength and much to be admired, Sid.
1: Coming from you, that means a lot, Monica. It really does. Thank you. And that's exactly what I wanted to get across here. You know, all the stories, Donald Trump and Tom Brady and all that stuff. Really, the spirit of this book, the heart of this book is me and my dad, and me and my wife, Danielle, and me and my son, Gabriel, and me and my daughter, Ava, and me and my mom, Naomi. That's the spirit of the book. The rest of the stuff is great, makes for great entertainment, makes for great discussions, makes for great ratings, and maybe big dollars, maybe. Uh, but in the end, the book is really about the human spirit. Like you said, redemption, never quit. People who love you, make sure that before it's all said and done, they know you love them too. Make sure you thank them in more ways than one. And that is the, the, the story about uh, Sid Rosenberg and Citizens United, is I never quit. I got knocked down to the canvas. And by the way, it was my fault. I am entirely accountable. I don't blame other people for all the stupid things I did along the way. I am entirely accountable. And I suffered, and my wife suffered as well. Some very embarrassing moments along the way because of it. But every time I got knocked down, I got right back up. And right now, I ain't going down. I'm Rocky. I'm going to win every fight.
0: Well, that's certainly a message we all need right now. I know a lot of us, for a whole variety of reasons, feel very dispirited and knocked down, and we feel like we're on the mat. But your story is so inspirational. It is about Sid, but it's about something much bigger, which is, as Americans, we always get up. And there is always redemption there, and you never stop punching. Sid Rosenberg, the book is called Citizens, S-I-D, Citizens United. Great title. Subtitle, Salacious Spiels, Stories, Suggestions, and solutions to withstand a woke world. Go get it. It's available everywhere right now. Sid, great to have you.
1: What a conversation. I did a lot of these last couple of weeks, Monica. You name it, podcast, Fox News, Newsmax, Bill O'Reilly. This one, this one right now, yours, yours was special. Thank you so much.
0: Oh, I really appreciate it, Sid. Thanks so much. You got it. Time now for the midweek email bag, Monica Crowley podcast at gmail.com is our email address, monicacrowleypodcast at gmail.com. Rich from Waterbury, Connecticut writes, great job, Monica. Monica's memo nailed it. That was the most complete and succinct explanation of the Russia hoax I have ever heard. It was Hillary all the way. Impeaching Biden sounds attractive, but what happens if we convict The only person scarier than Biden is Harris. Thanks for tying the progressive agenda to the new world order. Great to have you aboard. Well, thank you very much for this fantastic email, Rich. I really appreciate the very nice words. And that is what we do on this show. I put all of the puzzle pieces together and deliver a coherent whole to you guys so you can see the bigger picture. Too often, we get all tied up in what's directly in front of us, and I'm guilty of this too. We're talking about the minutia. We're down at the granular level, and I'm not saying that that's not important, but too often, we miss the bigger movement of the armies that are really doing a lot of destruction and ripping the country apart, as well as ripping the the entire West apart. There are armies, World Economic Forum, World Health Organization, Gates Foundation, the CCP, the drug cartels, all of the stuff that we talk about on this show, including today, all the time. There are big movements of armies that are happening either under the radar or simply not reported, and we know why it's not reported. So this is what I try to do, Rich, on this show. I try to give you the view from 30,000 feet so you can see the global, and I'm using small g global, you can see the global picture of what is actually happening. So Rich, I'm glad you appreciated my big picture deconstruction of the Russia hoax a couple of weeks back. That was really good, if I do say so myself. I think I did a really good job with that, but I'm glad you appreciated it as well. And it sounds like you really get it too. So thank you, Rich. Okay, that is going to do it for me today. If you want to send me an email, Monica Crowley Podcast at gmail.com. Thanks so much for joining me and for checking out our great sponsors. We appreciate that very much as well. I will see you right back here on Friday with a big show, including Larry Kudlow with a full breakdown of the Biden economy, the Fed's rate hike, uh, which was announced today. He's going to break it all down for us, where we are and where we're going. Plus a lot more, so please join us for that. Have a great rest of your week, and I will see you right back here on Friday.